0: Live from the heartland and the crossroads of America, it's Tony Katz today. You cannot get me to say that members of Congress are guilty of insurrection because they wanted to challenge. You can argue that they were wrong to challenge. Well, people are going to do that. Guilty of insurrection that's that's not there as a matter of fact, I think that's much more a play on politics than anything else. insurrection, the act or an instance of open revolt against civil authority or a constituted government you mean what we've seen from Black Lives Matter and Antifa for the past year and a half, at least Antifa two years but Tony, we're talking about the capital okay let's talk about the capital, although you know, you do have to talk about those other things whether you like it or not because insurrection is insurrection is insurrection if it's a rising up an uprising something that Democrats have called for like Representative Ayanna Presley, well then don't be surprised when people listen so maybe it needs to be said another way if you want to discuss what happened in the Capitol as an insurrection I guess you can But if you're not going to name the other things, what exactly are we doing here? Tony Katz, Tony Katz today, 833, got Tony, 833-468-8669. If social media companies and platforms won't even let you ask questions about the election, right? So so it's Tiananmen Square. We're just going to scrub that stuff clean. We're going to tell one story. We're not going to allow any other things to be asked around it, and that's it. That's peculiar. What I think is more peculiar is that some people aren't willing to look at what happened in the Capitol and say that was wrong. It was wrong. It was disgusting. It's not what I want. It's wrong. And the people involved are wrong. It's easy to say because it's true. Were they led to believe? I... What am I supposed to say? No, yes, maybe. Not by me. We've been fully aware of what's going on the whole time. It's like saying that Donald Trump was really a conservative. No, the man was never of a conservative. He governed like one. Right? He listened to people who were conservatives in that way, but he himself? No. Because Donald Trump adheres to Trumpism. The first rule of Trumpism is that Trump wins. The second rule of Trumpism is that a deal can always be made as long as it adheres to the first rule of Trumpism. And he did that from the moment he came down the escalator to December 1st of 2020. Then he gave up on Trumpism, and he went into something else and it didn't work. I mean, that's just obvious and clear and without argument. You know, we've talked about Trump's legacy on the show, and someone reminded me of uh, the second act of Julius Caesar. Maybe it's the third act. Maybe it's the second act. And it's Anthony. Almighty Caesar, dost thou lie so low, are all thy conquests, glories, triumphs, spoils, shrunk to this little measure. Holy damn, hitting it on the head for all that four years gave America and did for America, this is what will be remembered. These 36 days. That's, that's a rough pill for a lot of people to swallow. Oh, Tony, you're just buying in. Uh, buying into to what? Buying into what? I have made my arguments effectively. I'm not okay with Pennsylvania. I saw weird things in Georgia and in Michigan. You see, I admit that I saw weird things. I, I say to you, and I disagree, you, you may have heard my interview with uh, Ed Morrissey of HotAir.com. I disagree with him uh, that a challenge was not an affront on federalism and certainly not an affront on the very concept of, uh, as, as we know it in its, in its uh, defining moments, republicanism nor the idea of the nation as a republic. Maybe the mistake is that I wanted people to see what it is that's being discussed because so much of that was hidden from them. Maybe that wasn't the right place for it. We're going to agree to disagree on that one. On Pennsylvania, though, I will tell you, nothing is right. I I believe what the courts did there was fundamentally wrong. And that while one could argue that the the uh, Constitution doesn't say that the elect the uh, legislatures determine the manner, I believe that's what it is it does say, based on my reading. I don't think it's the end of days though, and it hasn't stopped me from being a conservative. conservative looks at the world the way it is, deals with their reality, and the beauty of it is that you learn from it, because it is not something that is emotional, but rather honest and clear, as it should be. Now, some people are emotional, and I get that, but they're emotional in a way that keeps them from being able to deal with bigger issues. Many of these people are the ones saying that Cruz and Holly, Senator Cruz and Senator Hawley, Advocated for insurrection. That's not true. Stop saying it. You sound crazy. You sound crazy when you say that they advocated for insurrection. Politically, you can agree or disagree, but legally, I believe they had the avenue. Now, the people advocating for insurrection, as I've said, are people like Representative Ayanna Presley. But if we're going to discuss insurrection, was it insurrection when a leftist tried to kill every Republican they could at a softball practice? Because I don't recall that conversation when Steve Scalise got shot. If it wasn't for those two Capitol Police officers, all those Republicans would be dead. Only proving Republican police officers know how to fight. So why didn't they... When the Capitol was being stormed. Was it an insurrection when leftists surrounded immigration and custom enforcement in Portland? Took over the Senate building um, in, in there last year, the year before, 2019. And stop saying the word coup. It wasn't a coup. It wasn't a coup. Coups are, well, <laughs> we're not ready. We aren't those people. We shouldn't be those people. What we saw is disgusting. I just think it's important to properly phrase it. In the same way we made sure to go out of our way to say there's a difference between protesters and rioters, when we saw Black Lives Matter and Antifa, oh, but Antifa's always rioters, so Black Lives Matter. And I disagree with the organization Black Lives Matter because it's a Marxist organization. That didn't mean the people who were out there marching because of George Floyd were Marxists. We went to great lengths to make sure we discussed the difference because it mattered. Matters here too. Hundreds of thousands of people showed up. Not insurrectionists. Just not. But was it domestic terrorism? Well, this is going to be a very interesting conversation. Now you might say to me, of course not, don't be ridiculous. I don't think it was, but I am at least willing uh, to have a conversation. I want to know how people want to define it. Glenn Greenwald goes out of his way to discuss how the Biden team plans to make a priority of passing a law against domestic terrorism. But he means the far right. He doesn't mean everything we've seen on the left. He's gonna take a moment of high emotion and he's gonna say, let's tell these people they're not allowed to gather or meet or talk or do. Free speech doesn't allow for that. It shouldn't allow for that. Just like it shouldn't allow tech companies to destroy a company, which is what happened to Parler. Who knows if they'll be back? We need to be very, very aware and very, very afraid of people overstepping for really these radically political purposes. And the political purpose is power. Honesty is necessary. There were people who support Trump who were there, and they're the ones who entered. There were some people who there are agitators, of course. I haven't seen the hard edge proof that it was all Antifa. Sorry, that's not the case. But coup and insurrection, when we've seen so many other things over the course of the last year and a half, and no one says a word, they don't get to lecture to me or to you. Which brings us to the ninth. We have to drop the media. You got to find new news. And it's why talk radio is so incredible incredibly important especially with parlor being thrown off and who knows what tech companies are going to throw off next talk radio and they're going to come after radio support your local station support your local sponsors it's going to become super important it is super important this was jake tapper talking about uh kevin mccarthy house majority leader house minority leader sorry republican and uh mocking uh him saying that it's a, you know, we have to uh, work together. Uh, and he writes, been spreading lies about the election for months. Voters, voted, voted dis- disenfranchise millions in Arizona and Pennsylvania. But bygones, am I right, says Jake Tapper. And then he says, it's a time for healing, says Congressman Jack the Ripper. Okay, we're done with Jake. That's not, it's not a newsman. Just so we're clear. And finally and maybe i should have started with this i do condemn what happened i'm not okay with what happened it was wrong and some people be like no 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 it was a fine expression no 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 now i'm not there i don't know why the capitol police were standing down i think it's wrong for biden and harris to call the capitol police racist which they did i think it should have been started before it stopped And I don't think these people were insurrectionists. I think they were damn fools. I believe in the nation. I believe in our systems. We need them. So yeah, prosecute these people. I'm fine with it. Fine with it. Just like I would say prosecute anybody who's breaking and entering, damaging property, and threatening other people. I'm Tony Katz. So Nancy Pelosi goes on 60 Minutes. Leslie Stahl is doing the interview. And holy cow, Leslie Stahl actually got a little focused and directed with speaker pelosi tony katz tony katz today it's good to be with you facebook still tony katz radio uh, the other social media well rumble that's where you go rumble.com search for tony katz and subscribe to uh, the podcast listen to this question about coronavirus relief
1: you yourself are not known as a person who compromises no i am i will compromise we want to get the job done I'm, I'm mischaracterized
0: by the republicans that way but that's a tactic that they use
1: No, we about know the, we want results for the american people what about the COVID relief package yeah that was held up for eight months no But that was their obstruction. I understand this,
0: but was their obstruction? Yours too. Their obstruction? No, yours too. No, it wasn't
1: obstruction. You held out for eight months. No, no, we held it up because there was no no respect for our heroes, our, our state and local healthcare workers, police and fire, our first responders, our sanitation, transportation, food workers, our teachers, our teachers, our teachers.
0: She did a pretty good job of a Donald Trump impression right there. They did it. No, you did it. No, they did it. No, you didn't. No, they did it. And I told you they did it. So shut your mouth. Okay. But the best was when Leslie Stahl asked her about Representative Ocasio-Cortez in the future.
1: Can we talk about the A word? What's that? Age. Oh, age. You're 80. Right. You're number two, Steny Hoyer's 81. Your number three, Jim Clyburn, is 80. Uh, Why haven't you brought young people into the leadership? Because we have. You perhaps don't know. Why does AOC complain that you have not been grooming younger people for leadership? I don't know. You'll have to ask her.
0: Oh, damn. Well, okay. Yeah, everything's... No, no, Democratic Party, no issues whatsoever okay people move along there's nothing to see here totally fine totally totally fine now that is not the best thing that has happened all day because according to producer Ari there is a tweet that exists out there that you have to hear hello actually sir it's not from you unless of course you, uh, you found a way back on the Twitter. see, uh, Twitter has now banned uh, President Trump from being on Twitter. They've taken his account down. Perfectly rational? No, it's not. Plenty of violence out there, but somehow Trump's the problem. No, no, no. This is a tweet. Uh, a producer, sorry, who is
2: this uh, supposedly from? Should I, should I read the tweet first and then you have to guess who said it? Or <gasps> Should I? Should... Ooh, name, name the tweeter. Yeah, yeah.
0: All right, we will play Name the Tweeter. But in order to play Name the Tweeter, I need to have our official Name the Tweeter theme music. There you go. All right, Producer Ari, you read the tweet, and we will
2: Name the Tweeter. The tweet. We simply cannot stay closed until the vaccine hits critical mass. The cost is too high. We will have nothing left to open. We must reopen the economy, but we must do it smartly and safely. Name that tweeter.
0: 833-468-8669. Name that tweeter. First person to name the person who sent that tweet, they get Ari's salary. (laughs) It's not much. I didn't say it was a much. It was just a little token. Um, are we even playing the game, or should we just say? I mean, I don't think anyone's going to guess it. Well, you want to read it again? You want to read it again, just in, just in case anyone missed it. This is this is a tweet. Uh, a, we're we're a year into coronavirus. Today is the one year anniversary of the first acknowledged case in China. They, you know, if if it was the real first anniversary, we would know this in twenty seventeen.
2: Um, <laughs> here, here, that's my saying it. Here is the tweet, producer Ari. We simply cannot stay closed until the vaccine hits critical mass. The cost is too high. We will have nothing left to open. We must reopen the economy, but we must do it smartly and safely. Who sent that tweet? Now, that is the kind of tweet that if President Trump
0: had found his way back onto Twitter somehow, right, he could say, except in order for us um, to be... Well, talking about it, it would have to be from somebody big, right? It, it would have to be from somebody big and, and, and you know, important and, and somebody who has a voice, right? That's what it would have to be. So it wasn't just from some random thing. "Hmm, I wonder who... I wonder who could have sent that tweet? I wonder who. We will find out after the break. Oh. Who sent the tweet? Plus Giant Foods launching a new campaign that is going to get you crazy. They won't tell you where there's something's from China, but they'll let you know if it's black owned hmm we'll go through it on facebook tony katz radio rumble tony katz this is tony katz today i just want to say for the record this story is not real there is absolutely no one in america who could drink two liters of jack daniels in 18 seconds Yes, we do the hard-hitting news stories. Why did you ask? Tony Katz. Tony Katz today. 833, got Tony. 833-468-8669. Uh, Daily Mail reporting. When I say reporting, I mean making up a story. Um, that a 19-year-old in the, uh, wearing a University of Kansas shirt is um, holding a 1.75-liter bottle. Oh, dear Lord. ...of Jack Daniels. And... ...downs it in 18 seconds. And I'm just saying, for the record... ...no. Now I know a little something... ...about the bourbons. First things first... ...Jack Daniels is not bourbon. Even though it doesn't have to be from Kentucky... ...to be bourbon. One of the great myths... ...in the world... ...is that it has to be from Kentucky... ...in order to be bourbon. No. Bourbon is the all-american drink i mean actually by by mandate from congress it's the american whiskey it is uh at least uh, you know it's, it's got to be in first use charred oak american barrels it has to be 51 percent corn in order to be a straight bourbon it has to be two years uh, in, in in the barrel then there are rules that go uh from from there and one of those rules is you can't do anything to it coming out of the barrel. So it comes out of the barrel and boom, goes into the bottle. That's how it works for, for the uh, people at Jack Daniels. They have a filtration system that takes place, I believe, through charcoal. And that's why it's not a bourbon, and they refer to it as a, a sour mash. By the way, it, can, it has to enter the barrel at 125 proof or lower and can only enter the bottle at 80 proof or higher. You can't have a bourbon less than 80 proof, which is 40% alcohol by volume. That's the way the, these things work. So that's number one. The second part, which is the story no one drinks a 1.75 liter of Jack Daniels in 18 seconds. It's impossible. And you should not do that. I want you to know that if you do that, you're going to die. Now, I'm off the hook for for liability purposes, right, Ari? Uh, Yeah, I think you're clear. All right. I've said don't do it. I've said if you drink a 1.75 in 18 seconds, you're a schmuck. Chances are you've never sexually satisfied a woman. Like, I've covered it.
2: Every time with you
0: i'm just saying if you've got if that if this is what you're focused on you're focused on the wrong things and by the way after a 1.75 liter of jack there's no way you can satisfy anybody yeah no chance that's just out of the question huh there's a recall on hyundai vehicles you need to be paying attention if you drive a hyundai because this goes along with a recall they had in september they're doing another 471,000 suvs 2016 to 2018 models 2020 through 2021 Hyundai Tucson's. Not only are they recalling it, they want you to park it outside. Do not put it in your garage and don't get angry with your dealer. Go talk to them and get this thing done. So there is a problem with the anti-lock brake system computers. It can have an internal malfunction, cause an electrical short, that can lead to the fire. Uh, If you have one with the smart cruise control feature, that's not being recalled. So in September, they did 180,000 Tucson's from 2019 to 2021 to fix the same problem. There's a conversation about corrosion that can cause a short circuit in defective anti lock brake circuits. It's just not what you want if you're them. This is the kind of thing uh, that makes you say, oh, well, I'm not sure. Again, I. I think that Hyundai's done an incredibly good job of, of kind of proving itself in the market. I think their latest SUV, the, the, the Palisades, is, is quite beautiful, right? I, I think that Kia has done a remarkably good job proving itself in the market, and I think that the Telluride, which is the, the uh, Palisades competitor, it, as an SUV is, is, is hot. I think it's better looking than the traditional uh, Explorer-esque SUVs. I think I think the new Explorer and the new Blazer from Chevy—they look remarkably similar, too similar. Problematic. Blazer should go back to the old school. The old school Blazer, just big and I'm gonna run over a small village and oh yeah, we're gonna oh just add a little rust to it when you sell it, just to give it that bit of character. Now the new one—I mean, I'm sure it's beautiful inside. I'm sure it drives well. I've got no problem with 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 GM. Me, I want to try the electric comer. I drive an H three, like that's 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 my car right now, and uh, I I have loved the H three. I was living in Los Angeles, and I my car was just out, and so I, I didn't necessarily have the money to buy a, a new car. And found this on one of those lease trader kind of sites. I don't remember the name of the site. Found it, flew to Vegas. I was living in L A. Easy flight. Flew to Vegas, met the guy in a parking structure third floor I think signed drove the car home only proving that youth is totally fantastic do you know how stupid you have to be to fly to meet somebody in a parking garage and then drive their car home without having it checked I didn't even check for oil. I was just like, "Look at me driving What a moron. I look back at that and say, "Dear goodness, what a fool, but I'll tell you what? I adore it. I adore it. And so I had that for like a, a year, and then I, I got rid of it and, and and that and that was it. Well, I needed a, a car. About two years ago, I find an H3. That's the one I drive, right? If I can't have the true Hummer, I want the H3. The H2 just doesn't work for me. That's the bigger one that you see. The H3 is a smaller one. Love it. It's in Grand Rapids, Michigan. I'm in Indianapolis, Indiana. I rent a car. I turn to my wife and say, come with me if you want to live. (laughs) And she's like, what? I said, just come on. It'll be a fun drive. We get in the car. We drive to Grand Rapids, where the temperature is a full 30 degrees colder than when we left Indianapolis. We buy the car. It's raining. It's cold. We have to drive through Grand Rapids. We don't know where we are. To drop off the rental car, we drive back. So with two Hummer purchases, I have gone on these ridiculous missions in order to get them. But I love it. I absolutely love that vehicle. All this to say, GM, I'd love to try the electric one out. I really and truly would. And I wish we were bringing Hummer back for some of the other models. I often think I could be a Cadillac guy. You could see me. Like, like, like Jerry's
2: dad, I could drive a Cadillac, right? Could you see me, Producer Ari? I, I'm, just, I'm still getting over the fact that you met some random dude in the parking lot and didn't get drugged and your kidney stolen no it's amazing amazing i'm here to tell
0: the story but i'm not talking about like 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 an Escalade. i'm talking about like a 75 broman i right i, I don't know i'm not big, a car guy dude big boat cadillac you know maybe it's some fin action going you know bench seat like you're
2: riding on a cloud feels like a midlife crisis kind of car to me
0: eh, no 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 no, that's, the, that's not the midlife. By the way, there's no such thing as a midlife crisis car.
2: All right, you're uh, overcompensating for something kind of car.
0: It, oh, no, that's all over. I can prove that. You know what? I will get into that coming up right now. Uh, Cornell Law Professor William Jacobson, what we're watching happening to Parler and what tech is doing to the political right, is there a legal fight that can happen? That's coming up. I'm Tony Katz. So Parler, a competitor to Twitter, the Apple Store and Google decide that they're not doing enough to do away with violent speech, so they take them off the stores. You can't get the app. And then Amazon, there, they say, well, you're not doing enough to police your site. We won't be your servers anymore. Basically, you have a series of tech companies deciding what acceptable speech is and is not and removing a competitor. Tony Katz, Tony Katz today, 833, got Tony, eight three three four six eight eight six six nine. 468 8669 William Jacobson joins us right now. He is the mind behind the legalinsurrection.com as well as Cornell law professor. And just as we now have uh, the word uh, that uh, Democrats are indeed uh, charging President Trump in an impeachment resolution, we will get to that. But first, let's talk about the, the possibility of any level of legal action. Is there legal action for people or companies to take against these large, monopolistic groups, if you will, for saying, hey, not only do we disagree with you, but we're going to be super selective in who we allow in and you are out.
1: Well, there's probably not. You'd have to look at the terms of service that were agreed to when they went to Amazon. I think it's called Amazon Web Services. And uh, what that says, it probably gives Amazon the right to kick anybody out anytime they want for any reason, I'm guessing. I don't know their terms. I think what's particularly outrageous here, it was done on about 36 hours notice. That's completely outrageous to tell a major platform. I mean, if it was a website, you know, you could transfer it relatively quickly if you find another host. But to transfer a database and a a platform that's got millions and millions of users and give them 36 hours over a weekend. Okay, You notify them on Saturday that Sunday night they're gone shows maliciousness. Now, it may not be a legal cause of action here, but it shows just how malicious Amazon was here, that they could have said you've got five days, you've got three days, two business days, but instead they basically give you the weekend and you're gone. And what was the pretext for it? The pretext for it was that there are violent messages or threats posted on Parlor. Well, you know what? That happens everywhere. Uh, I wrote about it last night. There have been studies. Um, Facebook admits Facebook is the number one hub for actual terrorist, terrorist groups organizing on the internet. They remove millions of terrorist items a year and they can't keep up with it. So, and many people, including Media Matters, which is very hostile to Trump, the president of Media Matters said – came out and said, well, of course, we're fine with what's happening to Parliament, but why isn't it happening to Facebook? Facebook is where this was all organized. Media Matters, anti-Trump, anti-Republican, anti-Conservative, comes out and says this was primarily organized on Facebook but they're taking down Parler. Why isn't Facebook being the platform? Well, we know the reason Facebook is a liberal left-leaning organization and it's big. Okay. Nobody can really take down Facebook, but Parler was vulnerable. It's It's viewed as aligned with Trump. It's viewed as having Trump supporters and what happened on Capitol Hill while, you know, rightly criticized and rightly, um, you know, uh, Found not to be what should happen in this country. They're using that as the excuse to take down anyone and everything affiliated with Trump or with the conservative movement. So this is complete bad faith by Amazon, malicious, but it might be lawful. They may have yes, been within and, their contract. And that's the right problem. Do it
0: not not actionable. Talking to William Jacobson of Legal Insurrection, um, the the whole conversation. While we still have a few minutes, is this idea of. What What is the, the very conversation of free speech that we're having here? It's a private company. They can do what they want. The argument is not they can do it. The argument is why do we have a society so absolutely overjoyed uh, about it? What is, you teach the law. You have students who come uh, to you with, with a very different uh, political philosophy uh than you how do you engage with them on this very subject
1: well i don't i don't talk politics with students i don't think that would be right because i'm in a position where i have power over their grading unlike a lot of liberal professors who do push their politics in the classroom i don't do it so i don't talk about politics in the classroom but nonetheless a lot of students do come to me to talk about it on their own uh, mostly conservative students who are scared to death to say anything publicly for fear that they're going to be called names, that their reputation is going to be trashed on the Internet, and it'll make it hard for them to find jobs. So it's a very, very tough situation. We have come to a point where there is complete leftist intolerance of opposing viewpoints. It's been building. It didn't even start with Trump. Anybody who's been on a campus for the last 15 or 20 years has seen conservatives shouted down, conservatives attacked administrations do nothing about it. Um, the professors often are leading it. Uh, and so it's moved from campus to culture. And I've argued this for a long time. The problem is that all those social justice warriors on campus who used to scream at people because you, were, because you said something they didn't like that made them feel unsafe, where are they now? Well, they're working at Amazon Web Services and they're working (laughs) at Google and they're working at Facebook. And I'm serious. The way this started at Amazon, it's been reported, but it hasn't gotten a lot of publicity, was an internal petition from employees demanding that Amazon Web Services kick parlor off there's even a tweet for amazon employees
0: for for climate justice that were in favor of kicking uh parlor off before i let you go william jacobson legal insurrection cornell law professor really quick um the uh democrats introducing a resolution on impeachment saying the president incited insurrection you run legalinsurrection.com i only have about 40 seconds here insurrection
1: is does it fit the definition well, um, you know, insurrection is actually uh, illegal. That's why we call ourselves legal insurrection, not insurrection. And um, I I don't think it really does. That's a buzzword being used and now has been picked up everywhere by the media and the Democrats. Um, this was basically a riot. It was a riot that targeted government offices. But you know what? We've had dozens and dozens of those all summer. Nobody called it an insurrection. When they laid siege to the courthouse, the federal courthouse, I think it was in Portland, uh, nobody called that an insurrection. So this is not really, was not an attempt to overthrow the government. It was a violent act. It should be punished by the people who did it, but I don't think it's an insurrection.
0: William Jacobson, LegalInsurrection.com. Don't forget to get their newsletter. Sign up. It's free. Make that happen. LegalInsurrection.com. William Jacobson, Cornell Law Professor. Always a pleasure. More to
2: get to. Stay where you are. I'm Tony Katz.